0: I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host Kim and special guest Jenna Lab.
1: You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show.
0: Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam, and I'm Kim. And we make the case that Mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or rote memorizing facts, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us, and more like mathematicians working together to learn more math. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what?
1: So thanks for joining us. If you have missed the last few episodes, numbers 58 through 60, then you'll miss out on the fact that we've been discussing models, modeling, and all the things. We're going to continue that conversation today. In today's episode, We're gonna dive into a specific model that can be a little bit tricky. So let's parse out ten frames. So for our older grade listeners, what's a 10 frame, Pam?
0: Okay, so a 10 frame is a structure
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that helps kids think about our five and ten structure. So picture a rectangle that is cut horizontally in half. So it's got two rows, and then vertically into five sections. So it's got ten squares in this rectangle five on the top five on the bottom Mm -hmm. and in this 10 frame we can do lots of really nice things and it's nicely set up to uh to be 10 because it's our base 10 number system and to have that 10 cut into five and five because we want kids to be able to think about numbers like six as five and one more so when we have kids think about 10 frames, we have them fill in. I might have that 10 frame. It's called a frame because it's literally just those lines that is that rectangle cut into those 10 squares, five on the top, five in the bottom. And we might have kids fill that in. We might say, show me the number six. And we encourage them to sort of fill in the top five and then one more. And so that they can kind of look at six as five and one more, or they can look at the number nine. Fill that in almost any way you want to as 10 minus 1, right? Because we're gonna fill up the whole 10 frame and we're just gonna have one missing. And so we wanna we wanna be able to think about that as 10 minus 1. But also if I filled in the top five and then bottom four and kind of in a row, then I can also think about nine as five and those four. And so I'm I'm getting a lot of sort of the structure of ten and five and. Like, how do I think about numbers? Oh, don't let me forget under five. So if I filled in the first four, then I can think about that as one less than five because I I sort of get Mm -hmm. used to the fact that that top row is going to have five. And when I have one less than that, then that's four. I can also do things like fill in three. And now I see three, but I also see the unfilled two. And so five is made up of that three and that two. And so and I can keep going. Lots of relationships can kind of sort of start to um, ping at kids as they study and work with 10 frames. So, so do we like 10 frames, Kim? Yes,
1: absolutely. But Kim, you said they were tricky. What do you mean? They tricky. are tricky. So we don't, <laughs> we don't want to use them for too long, right? Not too long. Or
0: too much. Or
1: too much, right? I yeah. have some good things about them, but, but they're not our go-to model.
0: Yeah, they are a fine model, but not a be it end all model. So in right. our modeling uh, s- a sequence of, of, of podcasts that we've been doing, we've been advocating a paradigm about modeling mm-hmm. that is we start with a model of the situation, then we model students thinking, and then through lots of time and experience, that model becomes a tool for thinking. But there are only certain models that we advocate because, that go through that whole paradigm. Because there are only certain models that are really good models to be tools for thinking. To be tool right. tools right. in order to think. And, uh, sorry, 10 frame, you don't make the cut. You're not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're bad, you're ugly, and that we can never use them. But let's get picky. So, Kim, let me tell you a story. Okay. I was uh, doing a workshop. And I had a principal come to the workshop. Which is a little unusual. So, I want to give this principal some uh, kudos. He knows who he is for coming. He had a, a teacher who had come to workshops before and was really advocating for um, change in the school. And this principal was like, I don't know. I mean, Pam sounds a little crazy. He had some confidence in mathematics and he said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the workshop. i am going to check this out. I'm going to push back on what she's saying. I want to make sure that this is really good stuff. So I, I love that. Uh, I love a couple things about this principal. So he shows up at the workshop. We do a lot of work. He's like, this is amazing. You're going to revolutionize the way we teach. Uh, we're going to do this. And he went back to his school. I'm to, another thing that I really like about this principal is he was working with some students. So he made time out of his week to, to work with a couple of students who were um, having some struggles. And he particularly said, I'm going to work with these students. That's awesome. And so yeah, it is awesome. So we respect him for that, right? So he came back to me and he said, Pam it didn't work. And I'm like, Oh, help me. Like what didn't work? And we had this very interesting conversation where he said, okay, like I re- I went to your workshop. I love all the things. You're going to revolutionize the way we teach math. I went back and I took these kids. They cannot add single digits. Um, so young kids is a principal at an elementary school. And he said, so I grabbed those kids and I said, all right, you guys, this is what you do. So here's this 10 frame. Now notice you're going to add seven plus eight. Let's just use that for an example. We're going to add seven plus eight. So here's a 10 frame and uh make seven do it and the kids could do that the kids totally made seven i said okay now here's another 10 frame make eight the kids could totally make eight and he goes okay guys now here's what you do like there's seven there's eight you just you just clearly move some from one of these 10 frames into the other one so that it's now a full 10 right so pick whichever one you want let's say that we we take the one with seven it has how many left over has three empty right And so then then we have one with eight. And so we grab three from the one with eight and we put it into the one with seven. Mm -hmm. Now the one that had seven is now full. So that's Mm -hmm. a full 10. And now the leftover one, that one that had eight, we've taken three away. And so it has five left. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, read off the answer. Like, there it is. Like, you've got the full 10, you got the five, you got to count, count those. The kids clearly did that. No problem. They were able to do it. They got the answer. And he said, but it didn't transfer. He's yeah. like, then I would give them problems to solve <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't do it. Sure. He's like, it didn't work. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, let's parse this out. So Kim, help me parse this out. Like okay. what's going on, <laughs> all the things that were not quite what we meant.
1: Yeah, well, so to begin with, there's, uh, there's a kind of a mentality of I do, you do, or I do, we do, you do, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit of I'm going to tell you what to do with this 10 frame. Mm-hmm. And that's problematic. So it's because a, it's, it's a procedure. Yeah, right. Keep it's definitely keep a procedure. Um, there's also this idea. That oh, before you,
0: you go, before you move on. So yeah. stay with procedure for just a second. So I give you a 10 frame. Oh, oh, I give you two 10 frames. Uh So I provide them and now do the thing, do the thing. So that you make the seven, make the Uh eight. Now move the, it's the steps, right? Now, even if you're trying to like, okay, what are we trying to find? Even if you're questioning through the steps, it's this
1: idea of steps. That belong to somebody else,
0: right? The steps belong
1: to him. And he was trying to tell the steps to somebody who had not yet experienced what it meant to break apart an eight and give it, right? Like a give and take strategy to give it to the seven to create an equivalent problem, which is a sophisticated idea. And, and who also
0: hadn't like maybe thought about the fact that if I make this friendly 10, then it will be easy for me to see the 10 and that five left over and call that 15. If I haven't, if I haven't created that idea myself. Sure. Then I, then who cares what you do? Oh, maybe next time because I'm following your procedure. So maybe next time I'm just going to bring a couple over. And now I have nine and I have a bunch left over. And what do I do now? Well, the, and what he saw is exactly what I'm describing. Then the kids would count them all. And he's like, I'm trying to get him out of counting. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't understand why you created the full 10. He's like, yes. how could you not understand that? It's clear. We, I told him. <laughs> yes. So in a huge way, the background behind that is a belief that, that teaching math is about unzipping kids' heads and pouring, previously constructed ideas that I have into your head and you will be able to latch onto them, make sense of them and, and know why to do them. And, and so it's, it's clear. It's like the math is embodied in this model. Voila, Do it. Okay. So that's one. What was the other thing you were going to say?
1: Um, so the idea that um reading off an answer, right. Is problematic.
0: I mean, but, but Kim, we want kids to get answers. Why is sure. that problematic? Sure. <laughs> it's
1: problematic because they're not cognitively involved in the thinking of what's happening in the situation.
0: Oh, and this is so important. I think the first time I heard about this, um, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Kathy Fosno, was talking about that if you do some stuff and then read off the answer, that that is a, and this, these are my words, but that's a ping. That should be a, ooh, wait, maybe I wasn't just mathematizing. That if I get to a place where that where I'm almost surprised by the answer, where yeah. I, I've done a bunch of things and it's like, oh hey, look, there's the answer, means I wasn't using the relationships, like you said, I wasn't cognitively involved in the relationships and, and doing something with them to make that happen. I'm sort of like, oh hey, I, I did the thing I'm supposed to do. I moved. I made the. the I, I maybe the kid understands I'm supposed to make one of those tens whole, and now I see a ten and a five, and so I read off that fifteen but I wasn't thinking about how eight is related to 10 and how seven is related to 10 and how eight and seven were related to each other and how those are related to 15. I was just like doing the thing, getting an answer. Now, if you're new to our podcast, you might be like, I do not understand what's wrong. We got an answer.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you might want to go back. Oh, I don't have it handy. We'll put it in the show notes about the episode where we talk about. It's not about answer getting, it's mm-hmm. about building reasoning, which leads me to one other thing I want to talk about. So sort of three things that that kind of just went awry. One, it was too procedural. Two, you're reading off the answer at the end, which could be a real clue that you were just too procedural. And then the third thing I'd like to mention is that notice that for kids to do that, in order to fill that 10 frame, they had to count one by one. Yeah. They had to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to fill that 10 frame. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to fill that eight, the 10 frame with the eight. Then I don't know if they counted to move over the three. Probably not. Um, I didn't give you the best example for now, the problem that I'm going to have at the end, <laughs> because I, I wish that that now they were going to have to count more. The 10 and the five is almost too easy to go 15. Let's say that I, I had uh, a problem like uh, nine and seven. And so nine, I've moved one over. I've made it 10 and I've left over with six. Now I've got this full 10 frame of 10 and I have this other 10 frame with six in it. But do I know that? And and all too often what we have is what, what his kids were doing. They didn't really understand why they were doing what they're doing. And so they moved things around and then they just ended up counting one by one mm-hmm. all of the counters, mm-hmm. not using the structure of the 10 frame to help them see what the final result was.
1: Right.
0: So if you, again, are new to the podcast or, or you haven't remembered for a minute that we have this thing called the Development of Mathematical Reasoning the development of mathematical reasoning is a graphic where we talk about how we want to move kids from counting strategies to additive reasoning. Well, if I'm doing a problem like seven plus eight, or what did I just say? Nine plus seven. If I'm doing those problems, ideally, if I've already learned to count, ideally at this point, I'm building additive reasoning, not counting one by one. Right. So, if I demand that that's how kids solve problems, fill in the 10 frame, fill in another 10 frame, move them, and then and then see what's left over, kids could be doing an whole lot of counting one by one. In fact, they could be getting correct answers every time, very procedurally, counting one by one, not what we want. We want kids reasoning about friendly numbers, reasoning about landmarks, and reasoning about the relationships between the numbers, so that then we can Use that reasoning for bigger numbers and bigger problems and all the things, because we want to build from additive reasoning to multiplicative reasoning. We can't have kids stuck in counting strategies when they should be thinking additively.
1: Yeah. So I want to, I want to consider though, for some of our really young learners, right? Some of our pre-K and kinder, there are good ways to use a 10 frame Mm -hmm. and it's all about when they're learning to count, right? Making sense of the five structure and the 10 structure that's kind of embedded in in this 10 frame. Mm-hmm. And it does allow kids to start using the structure. It kind of naturally pushes towards that five and 10 structure instead of counting one by one, which is the very beginning of additive thinking.
0: Yeah. And so some great things that you can do is do some quick images mm-hmm. where you you show kids and, and you're like, whoa, how did you do that? So if it's quick enough, then kids mm-hmm. don't have time to count one by one. Um, and so they start to be nudged a little bit towards, nice. oh, like, how can I use the 10 structure? If and a 10 structure to help me see those numbers, you can even do that with multiple 10 frames. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be fine. Thing- you can have kids um, when they're learning to count. And so they're using counting to solve problems. 10 frames are fine things for them to sort of organize their count. It helps with one-to-one correspondence. It's all about when kids are learning to count, we are okay with you using 10 frames when kids are learning more additive thinking then we don't want you to have we don't want you to fill the frame don't right. have kids fill the frame then really use quick images and that's kind of you'll have to show me another way to use it that's i can think of one other way uh, bridges in math uses 10 frames one other way where kids are learning additive reasoning where they will show kids not necessarily in a quick image but they'll show them like they i think they have Uh, Muddy windows on a bus where they'll have a a double decker bus that where you can see uh, they've got, it's basically kind of 10 framey kind of a thing. And some of the windows have mud on them. And so you can't, yeah, it's like how many, how many windows are there? Is it how many kids can you see? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh How many kids you can see? I think so. And so that you are sort of using the structure, and kids could count, but because some of the windows are muddy, then you are sort of like, ooh, can I count behind there? And and um and and they mud out not just the windows but like the whole area, so you can't you can't go one two three because it's like just this blob of mud, and so now you have to go ooh well if I if I am looking at this ten frame. I have to sort of know what's there, and, and then and then extrapolate what's not there. Those are fine ways to use ten frames when kids are thinking about uh, building additive reasoning. Without, it's all about you. Don't want to force kids to have to fill the ten frame, right. counting one, counting one by one. That's the big right. idea.
1: Well, and I was going to say that in that context of the muddy windows that we, the kids are, it's given to them. The kids are not filling mm, something good point. one good by point. one. I think that's a good distinction. Yep. So it's all about representing a number and not doing stuff with the number, right? When we would want to use a 10 frame. Yeah, Once we yeah. need them to compute with that number, then we need a different tool. And we're going to suggest that it's a number rack and then an open number line.
0: So we've talked about number racks a little before. Number mm-hmm. racks uh, are also called rec and racks. The, like you just said, it's those are our preferred tools,
1: number racks and open number
0: lines, once kids need to compute.
1: Yeah. So so far in this series, we've talked about some models that we think are really good for using because they become really good tools to reason with. And that's going to be a number rack, an open number line, and ratio tables.
0: Those are some of our favorites, maybe yep. not all of them, but definitely some of our favorites. Sure. Okay, everybody next week in the next episode, we are going to tackle some of the most controversial models. Mm. So <laughs> stay tuned. You are going to love or hate maybe that one. That's going to be really, really good. So we want to encourage you guys to pay attention to the next one because uh, controversy is coming. So, if you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and your students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is outable movement and help us spread the word that math is figureoutable.
1: Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central.
0: Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.